0: We all have an intuitive guide inside of us that knows what to do. We just have to get quiet and listen to it. And, and, and sometimes we need someone to help us.
1: Hello everyone. On today's episode, we introduce another KORU team member and founder of A Well-Felt Life, Kira Kreman.
2: Kira is a national board certified health and wellness coach and health educator with multiple certifications as well as a BA in psychology. And once KORU was opened, she was looking for an additional space in which to see clients and she's been here with us from the beginning having a wonderful time as part of the team
1: Kira's passion is to meet people where they are and to support them in their readiness to make changes in their life even if sometimes they might not feel ready for them she is passionate about coaching and education and helping everyone improve their health and wellness in the most holistic ways possible enjoy this conversation with Koro's very own Kira Kreiman (laughs) <laughs> How did a well-fed well-fed life evolve in your
0: life? Good question. How far back to go? Um, probably, you know, way back to when I was a little kid and my parents were um, huge gardeners. Um, I mean, all I remember them doing was gardening. <laughs> I don't know what they did in the winter, but... Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, and so I would grow my little garden with them. And then when I got to be... Probably later in elementary school, like your kid's age, even, mm-hmm. um, I would sell my stuff at the farmer's market, which is the same farmer's market that's now in Doylestown.
2: Are oh, you from here?
0: I am from here, yes. Oh. My mother was one of the people who started the farmer's market. Um, it started over in Buckingham um, and then eventually moved to Doylestown. But yeah. I remember as a kid in the Buckingham location with my little basket of. Cucumbers, so, cool. <laughs> so I've I've always been really connected to the the earth and the dirt and the and the the, the produce, um, uh, and then yeah you know, you know I went away to college and that sort of went by the wayside a little bit. And
2: Where'd you go to school?
0: So I went to Dickinson College in Central Pennsylvania, um, and I studied art therapy. Oh, cool. So even though I really honored it and thought it was an amazing, still think it's an amazing field. Um, a, you need a master's degree to do it. And I didn't have two cents to rub together at the time. So, um, and, and B, I kind of realized that I had done it because I was really interested in psychology and also I'm an artist. So it wasn't so much that I wanted to help people with art. I wanted to do my own art mm-hmm. and do something with psychology. So I went into um, the corporate world for 10 years, which seems kind of strange but only a
2: decade that's not
0: only a decade. So long. i only wasted a decade <laughs> that was so not my soul it was kind of soul crushing um in in many ways and i had worked for a couple of companies that were very financially troubled so i had to mm-hmm. do a lot of layoffs and firing people and wow. st- but but as i thought about what i liked about it i was like well, i really liked like getting everybody together and teaching them how to use their benefits Plans to the best advantage or you know the best way to invest their money in their 401k plan and so you know what is that <laughs> you know and I started um, looking into you know what I wanted to do and, and health education just kind of came, came screaming up I had an opportunity to um, become a nursing mother's counselor for a while so I did that when my kids were babies um, so I helped moms, you know, who were breastfeeding their new babies, did that for five years. And then I did stuff with, um, tween girls, cause I have two daughters, um, self body image and, and, you know, stuff for tween girls. So kind of helping them through that phase of their lives and helping the parents help them through that phase. And then when I was really ready to like go back more, more, uh, closer to full time, I, uh, was offered an opportunity with, uh, Uh, an agency that was doing smoking cessation and other nicotine dependence programs. So long story short, I've been doing that for the last 12 years, helping people quit smoking, um, going into schools and kind of trying to help prevent the kids from starting. Um, Now, lately I've been doing some programs with vaping, which is a new huge epidemic problem in middle and high school. But about five years ago, I was kind of like, okay, this is great. Um, But I really I really want to broaden it. I'm so interested in food. I'm so interested in overall wellness and stress management and spiritual practice and yoga and all that stuff Um, You know, what can I do with this and that's when health coaching kind of Came up. So I took the course with Institute for Integrative Nutrition um, and started coaching Um, and then last summer I got my board certification, um, in health and wellness coaching through the National Board of Medical Examiners. So, so I'm, you know, I've been really, I'm still doing nicotine dependence and I also do diabetes prevention programs. Um, but I've been doing also holistic health coaching for the last four years. Um, yeah. So it's all kind of come together to this moment. (laughs) That's great. Mm. Yeah.
2: So did A Well-Fed Life begin four years ago, specifically?
0: Technically, yes. Hmm. Yeah, that's when I... Uh, well, as soon as I... When did I graduate? Um, t- 2015. So, yeah, four years ago. There you go. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't do that, should okay. um, Yeah, four years ago. Uh, so once I got my certification, then I uh, came up with a name and did the website and started my business. Yeah. So, it's been four years. Um, and I sort of... Um, you know, I knew that I wanted to get a little bit more credentialing through the, the other program, so I, you know, really have gone wholeheartedly for about a year uh, with it, so.
1: What is the most fun part of it? What do you love the most about it?
0: What I really love, and, and you know, um, we can talk about what what is health coaching versus health education, um, but what I love is is listening to someone and that's what mostly what health coaching is is really really listening almost to the point of you know where it feels uncomfortable because that's when the person goes further and really digs into themselves and comes out so that's what i love is, is 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 breaching that pause and watching them go oh wait a minute i just realized it's really all about like i don't have enough time to do i'm working too hard I don't have time for any self-care oh my god and i didn't tell them mm. you don't have time for self-care you need to blah, blah, blah. It's that's not what coaching is it's about like sitting back a little and pausing and letting them come to it um that's what i love when those moments happen <laughs> and they don't happen all the time but they happen frequently
1: and inside are you all zen or are you just like biting your tongue you want to say it you want to say
0: it but you don't say you're like eee!
1: How do you work that out? I do a lot of deep
0: breathing. <laughs> a lot of deep breathing, a lot of um, self-talk. Uh-huh. Don't say anything. Good. You know, let it ride. Let it, Let you know. Um, if the, you know, if it doesn't come and I really think it's going to be useful, I, I will say, would it be okay if I shared something and that I'm thinking, whether it's right or wrong, and you'll tell me if it's right or wrong, and then I'll share it. Um, but you ask. That's always. You ask. Always. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do they teach you those communication skills in the course in oh, the yeah. certification? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: With yeah. IIN.
0: IIN taught With some. The, okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, some of the basic things like like sitting and listening and don't say anything and let let the person come to it. Um, and then I learned a lot more while I was training for the, the board certification. But it it all does come down to really listening to the person, asking a few open-ended questions, Mm -hmm. um, reflecting back to make sure you heard them right, or sometimes reflecting back to help them clarify. Um, There's all kinds of techniques with coaching to help someone kind of get to where they need to be.
1: So how is different coaching, health coaching than health education?
0: Yeah, so health education is educator-centered. The educator is the expert. They're disseminating information about whatever the topic is, and the participant is taking it in and learning from it. Whereas with coaching, the um, the, the client is the expert.
1: Do people yeah. embrace that? Do you, th- do you find it easy for them to take that power back on their hands?
0: Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Um, you know, it, and it, it just depends on... Um, what we call someone's readiness to change when they come in Uh, you know if they're way at the top of the chart of not really being that ready then it's hard they want me to tell them what to do if they're a little further down and and they're in the planning stage or they're getting ready to take action on a, a change then they're then they're more receptive to that for sure yeah and they're and they're but i think that people are are so not used to being listened to Mm. that it makes them uncomfortable sometimes so that goes away pretty quickly after a session or two when they see that you know it's not it's not that uncomfortable and that that it's good that they have an opportunity to collect their thoughts and come out with something and that I'm not going to leave them like hanging indefinitely and that I will come in and and that when I do come in it helps them pull things out Mm -hmm. So, yeah, initially it can be uncomfortable, but then then it gets real fun (laughs) after that. Yeah.
1: Sounds really good. I'm wondering if you ask them to journal or voice journal or some sort of self-reflection in between sessions.
0: Definitely. That's one of the tools. Mm. Um, so I use a lot of, or we in the coaching community, use a lot of mindfulness uh, practices. Um, Was that a shout out to Amy? That's a shout out to Amy Ward-Brimmer. Yeah, you're doing yeah. the and, M- MBSR workshop. Yeah. yeah.
1: You too, right, Colin? Yeah, both we're both in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're
2: nice. four weeks in. Four weeks in, yeah. yeah. You look so
1: distressed and peaceful. <laughs> I, I saw that as you walked in the door. <laughs> all
0: that
2: mindfulness-based stress reduction that's
0: right it's very it's reduced yeah (laughs) it's so powerful Mm -hmm. it really really is um you know and it's it's a lifelong journey i think as is all of this life is a lifelong journey (laughs) is that what you were asking is
1: is well i I was wondering if the journaling is part because i i see sometimes people naturally self-reflect between sessions and sometimes they need me to self-reflect together so sometimes tools guide people into the how um, make more out of the experience by looking back and and uh, making connections between the coaching session itself and then how is it applied to life which is the whole point of it right
0: Right. absolutely yeah and
2: as coaches there's nothing more inspiring than knowing people are taking it and practicing and adding it to their
1: every moment and world noticing <laughs> exactly. that it's working yeah
0: right that's called the maintenance stage of change <laughs> so you know it's pre-contemplation contemplation planning action maintenance i can go over that again okay. but maintenance is is where it's just part of you it's you've internalized it
2: maintaining that
0: state maintaining the state <laughs> right
1: pre-contemplation contemplation
0: planning planning action action and maintenance. Got it.
2: Yeah. Did you come up with that? No, That's it's part P- of
0: Prochaska's stages of change. It's a uh, yeah. Wow. It, it's a never heard of it. Yeah. yeah, it was originally developed for the recovery community. Uh ah, that makes sense. But it's been now applied to any anything you want to do, <laughs> any behavioral change.
2: Well, we're all recovering, aren't
0: we? We are all recovering <laughs> from something. So I try to incorporate some of the mindfulness practices for people because. Mindfulness is it's, its a fancy buzzword that's out there now, but it's all it is, is really um, taking a breath and kind of coming down a little bit so that you can have awareness of what your thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations are with compassion, curiosity, and no judgment.
2: Yeah. and can be a little bit more in control and make choices then. Right. Right.
1: Uh-huh. Do you see a lot of people coming in with sleep
0: disorders or... Issues? Oh my God, yes. yes. Isn't that a new epidemic yeah. or what the heck? It's an epidemic. So, w- sources and apps that you're not have... helping, apparently.
1: <laughs> well, the phones and the apps certainly help yeah. you stay awake, but yeah. um, I mean, <laughs> yeah besides maybe calm or some of those, but I think like people's screen time very close to bedtime is for sure a cause of phones in the bedroom, all that. But what, what other sources do you think, why are people not able to sleep besides not moving enough?
0: So that's definitely one of, one of them, you know, sedentary lifestyle, not, not getting enough physical activity. Um, I think our diet contributes to it. Um, you know, we know that you know we're on a we're on a caffeine alcohol loop a lot mm-hmm. of us um uh caffeine we know keeps us awake um sugar also uh, and i'm and by the way i don't demonize anything i mean right. i eat it all t- you know but there's a time and place and an amount and you know caffeine too close to bedtime will keep you up sugar too close to bedtime will disrupt your you know, as the, the pancreas is trying to process all that sugar at three o'clock in the morning, you're, you're going to be awake. Um, so, so diet plays a big part in it. Um, and all the technology, definitely. Um, and also, I just think it's, we're, we're stressed. We're just stressed and we're wired and um, it's hard to turn that off. You, you know? think
2: we're more stressed than ever? Is that what you're implying?
0: I think so. I think so. I mean, we're definitely seeing that with, like, high school age kids where because of social media. And again, I'm not demonizing anything. I'm just, you know, it's we're looking for, for some reasons for it. Um, so all the social media stresses of seeing what everyone else is doing and feeling like you don't measure up and mm. all that kind of stuff is is increasing the stress, Um yeah so a lot of it i think does revolve around um technology and social media stuff and and and, you know there's such a again a time and place for that too um it's just maybe too much of it that's just revving everybody up um and then you can't and and we're working really hard we're not having a whole lot of time for rest and rejuvenation and Mm -hmm. meditation and all those things that we know are so nourishing Mm. um so you, you, you mix all that together in the pot of soup and yeah. you're getting in bed at 11 o'clock at night and doing a final scroll of Facebook and um, then you try to go to sleep and it's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What you're acknowledging about high school students and we have young children, your children are a little older than ours, I think, right? Mm-hmm. They're- tr- Early 20s. Early 20s, right. Yeah. Um, we're, it seems accurate to say that the stress the stressors are affecting younger people more than before. So it's almost like these new technologies, so to speak, and these new habits are affecting younger people. That's new, right? Almost, I see, almost to the ages of our children sometimes. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't seem like the actual... um, culture is different it's the efficacy of these things of these technologies like the saturation it's almost like if you were to be just drinking soda all the time the technologies offer this like highly saturated i don't like the word toxic but toxic um uh, effect and that's why i see it happening at a younger generation because it's so much more effective so it's it's almost like kids are drinking alcohol at in adolescence normally now, as opposed to later in life. Some, but somehow, you know, to our original podcast name, both hand the Kira's point not to demonize it. Cause I think there's accuracy. And when I hear people say like these, they're almost in a defensive way, these um, tools are not all bad. And people are using them in very valuable ways and that we are um, being overly afraid of them as the adults or the older people. And the kids are actually figuring out great great ways to use them as well so i i do believe there's that possibility for both which is also what we can model
1: like mm-hmm. yeah you were
2: suggesting. And i'm
1: just saying that we're addicted to it and our kids can see it and model after us and if we could cur- curb our addiction to phones and technology or whatever social media because it's not technology i think technology is what we're afraid of demonizing But technology is not phones phones is an aspect of it that is highly addicted because it's all programmed to addict us and we are not able to put it down right if it was a cigarette and you had it all day in your mouth you would notice if it was a soda you would notice but it's a phone and you think you need it so you don't notice that you're checking it and i include myself there i'm not away from it but i'm paying attention to it a lot
0: and you're probably getting a little hit of dopamine every time you pick it up and yeah. see something, just like you get a little hit of dopamine when you smoke yeah. a cigarette or any of some of these other things. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, when do we have something that we allowed to interrupt us so many times a day with notifications and alerts and alarms and beeps and dings? I mean, talk about Pavlov.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And then we respond to that with All the time. Uh, in in many cases, probably the fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on Quick. What, what we're seeing, but yeah, <laughs> I, I've got to respond to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're right. Like if if we could contain it to the the 40 hours a day or whatever a week that we're you know at work, that would be okay. Mm-hmm. But we we've just sort of evolved and morphed into this culture where there's just the blind is so blurred. I, I do a mm-hmm. lot of work life balance with people.
2: But even the 40 hours is arbitrary. The whole idea of a work time is completely arbitrary. Yeah. yeah. We So the lines are totally, We I think that the best part about it is we don't have a clue what's best in many respects right now and what the best lines are. We, we definitely, like you're getting at, need to, and you're saying, own the Habitual tendencies, and we kind of got into this specific piece with sleep. And I completely see this as the fun, the main culprit. There's certainly the nutrition side, but the youth that I speak with who clearly cannot get to sleep chronically, which sounds app like hell. Yeah. Hell. It looks like hell. Mm-hmm. It's like, sure, I could. Yeah. Well, do you do you put your head on your pillow with your phone in your hand? Like, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. You're just, there's not. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Not. And what are you going to do that? What are you going to do with that person? I mean, yeah, there's no, and that's where uh, coaching becomes so hard. Like, well, there's no level of listening that I've yet to see in those contexts where the thing, there's, it's such a helpless situation. Yeah, I find so many people helpless in that regard.
0: Well, yeah, if, and if you're talking about adolescence, yep, another night I
2: was up all night. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is a young person you're talking about. Many people, many, many people. people,
1: and it also puts yeah. you sitting, seated down, and indoors mm-hmm. because outside you can't see the screen because the sun is too bright, and it's not so fun for people to do mm-hmm. it walking or standing. So you end mm-hmm. up seated down indoors with the head down. So and the head but, down, yeah. Yeah. There's like so there's a lot of cervical pain, technic. right? There's a lot of cervical pain and, and even this, you know, deformity coming up. Mm-hmm. In the next generation that we'll see. And also the, the lack of movement, I think, is huge. Because if you're tired, even if you can fall asleep with the phone in your hand, you know, if you're tired from exercise, from moving, from breathing and all that sweat, you will fall asleep easier. Yeah. If you're hydrated, if you're tired, but when you're not moving, you're not drinking, and all you're doing is sitting inside with a phone in your hand or a video screen or a video game, Uh huh sounds like uh, not not conducive to health in the long term
0: no it's not it's not uh yeah and and, you know i we have to turn it around because our the the outcomes of all of this are obvious um, yeah in terms of our our morbidity Um, right you know morbidity yeah we are we are sick Mm. as a nation um you know everything everything's on the rise uh so whatever we're doing, you know, isn't working, um, right. are, you know. Um,
1: and not to be overly pessimistic, but just to look at the facts and then say, okay, what can, can we introduce? Because we all coach people.
2: Yeah, we've got time, we can find a way and a little bit to shift the optimism, but we can keep going. I'm always,
1: it's funny, we all had the same thought on that. Yeah, I was no. like, oh, I really
0: don't want to sound pessimistic no, or negative no. or, because I'm not but but no i
2: don't think that i think it's a realistic i think there's a healthy level of realism that we have to respect we i know we
0: have
2: to yeah.
1: respect it yeah and it's good to know the facts and i was thinking as you were talking about the the, the overall population i'm thinking okay it'd be nice to have statistics and
2: hmm. and
1: put some numbers in front of people so you know the other day i saw a very cool post actually somewhere someone showed me of um the cost of um certain luxury items or even like dinner or versus a coaching session oh, or, yeah, it that wasn't too. that so good i want to frame it and put it out in the walls because you say oh pay for a coaching session too much money well go out to dinner and it's more money or go to the movies or i don't know some other silly stuff
2: i know where to find that we can yeah we can so good
1: that. right so numbers sometimes speak really well for themselves yeah. and then they give people a reality measure reality check and then we can create or be part of the solution for them
0: right, right. for us yeah and it's it's how are you going to spend your money how yeah. do you we, we all have a finite you know pool mm-hmm. how are we going to spend it um you know and, and getting people to be motivated enough to spend it on yeah. things that will give them a well-fed life <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a challenge for sure for sure. You know, food is a good example of that where um, I, I don't have the exact statistics on the tip of my tongue, but 50 years ago, we spent, I don't know, 30 cents out of every dollar on food, and, and today we're spending like 5 cents out of every dollar on food. Like, the amount that we're spending on mm. food has gone way down as a percentage of our, our income. Huh. Um, you know, all 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 through the way our food system has sort of evolved and fast evolved, food quote, and,
2: unquote. <laughs> mm, evolved in quotes evolved
0: in quotes it's uh, <laughs> the wrong kind of evolution yeah. but yeah yeah you know make things cheaper cheaper faster you know biggie size fast food is in one boxes.
2: of those
0: in boxes in boxes yeah we've come to, we've come to believe that we should spend as little as possible on food so that's a sh- one, just one example of one of the shifts that I think needs to happen. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: How do you deal with people's specific dietary needs these days when there's so many nuances in, and you know, people know a lot more about their health pool, whatever it is—genes or tendencies or reactions, enzymes, whatever it is—that mm-hmm. make people say, "I don't do well with gluten" or. Or sugar. I mean, we know what what things are bad in general, but um, how do you deal with that when there's so many details?
0: So many details. Yeah, it's yeah, a great question. Yeah. Um, so I have I have a couple of principles that I. And my principles for coaching, which I'm actually about to start a whole series of posts on that, so look for that. Yeah. Um, Coach Kira's eight but principles. Not before of, bed. Not not before yes. bed. Not before bed. Before nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of one of them is is, and this is not. None of them are like earth shattering, but they are they are core. Let's hear them. Um, yeah. Um, you know, everyone is bio individual. So, you know, although there's so much out there about. Paleo diet is great for everybody or the keto diet is everyone should do it or um, Whatever South Beach, you, you name it. There's so many I I don't know them all even but um It's just it just can't be the case that that particular diet is for everybody Everybody has a different need a different makeup different, you know um, medical issues different wants and desires and whatever so um so it's really about just sort of um, really listening to people and investigating what they are looking to achieve, you know, with their wellness, um, what they've tried before, um, and you know, what what do they already know about their health? Do they have any diagnoses? Have they had any testing? Um and then from there, kind of um I believe this is just what I believe. I mean, you could ask 10 different coaches that you might get 10 different answers, but I believe it's about slowly helping them incorporate the best practices into their into their diet. Um, you know, th- there is something to be said for doing like a big elimination diet. If somebody really has a serious medical condition and you, you're trying to see what might be triggering mm-hmm. it, then maybe an elimination diet is, is helpful, but it's really hard to eliminate if you look at some of these. <laughs> gluten, dairy, corn, soy, uh, well, sugar, um, really hard to do. So I'm, I'm more apt to to, to, to try to, uh, do it one at a time. Um, you know, based on what the person's already tried, of course. Um, but see what works, see what doesn't, um, and kind of like take it slowly. Mm. Um, and you know, so much of it is about what the person's willing and able to do at at the mo in the moment some people some people are really motivated and will will be like yeah i'll i'll give up gluten for a month and see how Mm -hmm. how i feel most people i most of the people that i work with are like i don't want to do that (laughs) i don't see how i'm gonna do that what am i gonna eat for lunch if i can't have a sandwich Mm -hmm. um you know so plants and animals yeah
2: right
1: right Right, that's the thing. I realized that plants, <laughs> including veggies, that's in there. That's the answer? What do you eat? It's well, now. because I was just on that <laughs> diet for five days when yeah. I was in Costa Rica with them, and we only ate plants and animals. Right. I mean, we had some power bars that were gluten-free, vegan, whatever. But I guess just to you know tailor to everybody at the same time. But on a plants and animals ba- based diet, there was no dairy, there was no bread. I didn't miss any of it. Right. Right. And here and there, yeah, we had a cookie. I had some, you know, dessert sometimes, you know, chocolate. I love dark mm-hmm. chocolate. Yeah. And, but I didn't miss the bread. I didn't miss yeah, the grains. The- I didn't miss the rice. They didn't yeah. have
0: rice in Costa Rica?
1: One day they gave us a little rice and beans mm-hmm. on the side, but it was, I don't love it, so I didn't had a ton of it, right. but it, it was fish every day, either some yeah. chicken or meat. The beef was really good. The big salads. Big salad and fruit in the salads Ooh, right yeah. mm-hmm. and just delicious abundant and you felt good and we exercised so much so those plates were tremendous and you felt satisfied after it absolutely no craving for sugar no craving for bread i was so happy to see that yeah.
2: well i imagine correct me if i'm wrong here and it seems like you're saying the same thing and um the essence here is simplicity i mean yeah. plants and animals I mean, rice is technically a plant but what you're speaking to is almost more specifically just fresh
0: mm-hmm. and
2: the freshness and the wholeness i mean we have all these words and I mean, michael Pollan's philosophy is when we all embrace um but the essence it sounds like of what you're both saying is that this can be simple easy simplify, absolutely. simplify simplify and simple
0: uh, totally so, yeah
2: yeah you can and then just have as much as you want like you're saying (laughs) exactly
1: you can have as much as you want because that takes care of itself because you can have a lot of salad like a lot unless you're putting too much dressing on it or a lot of fatty stuff in it like say eggs or avocado you may maybe will have a decent amount of calories you want od on the calories if you're not od on the fat and meat you can only have so much right after you have Mm a little meat fist fist and a half you feel like okay i had enough meat
2: um, part of why you won't overdo it od into jersey and anniella's philosophy is and i think you kind of were getting at this with one of your um principles i believe you feel yeah a difference you f- or you specifically feel clear oh that was enough instead yeah. of eating that in that addictive way you can't tell oh that was enough when you're eating a specific way and it is simple and it's consistently simple and that's your foundation yeah because we know laird eats pizza for example and that's different but it's just consistently clear what is enough right and you can't feel what? that if you're not eating simply normally
1: right right and if you have a good enough um, foundation then one day you can say oh today I'm gonna eat a piece of cake or whatever the point being that you can you can do anything you want you can be flexible and you don't have to miss the wedding cake on your cousin's yeah, like wedding right yeah. because because your diet is so fragile that the little bit of extra something will tip you off and you're going to have an attack of sorts so
2: well, my cousin's yeah. cake is probably just going to be kale <laughs> <laughs> oh boy
0: a beet cake yeah <laughs> yeah so one of my other principles is the 90 10 rule um oh so- yeah i remember talking about that yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. So what's that again yeah just 90 percent of the time we should eat the way we all know we should eat um
2: do we know it though? I don't Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't anymore. Like Oh you know. thank you. Okay. I bet if not I not s- for myself. I personally, bet if we sat
0: down and, and, and talked. Coach Joe.
2: I mean no no yeah. no, no not me personally, right but I, I mean like as a society, I don't think we know how to eat. Oh, I thought you meant you no. personally. That's what I thought you yeah. I meant too. I yeah. went through a lot of stuff and I feel like the most balanced I've ever felt with eating. Good. And but you yeah. are, it's obvious you are. You just tell oh, yeah <laughs> four four years ago I went through like a long journey of like listening with like getting re-acquainted with my gut mm, you know because yeah. like I think as a society not to just put place the blame elsewhere I, and for myself I feel like yeah I got in this sort of hypnotic loop of this has to be perfect perfection not hey what do I need <laughs> you know I don't I don't think that really exists so people. you weren't
0: you weren't listening to to that intuitive voice inside you, which is right. principle number one of my. There you <laughs> go. Pre- yeah.
2: Say it. How do you say it? How do you phrase it?
0: Uh, um, we all have an intuitive guide inside of us that knows what to do. We just have to get quiet and listen to it.
1: Yes. I love that. And, I and,
0: and and sometimes we need someone to help us. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> with with you know meditation get get quiet I meditate. I always need help. <laughs> oh yeah, i mean i need help too um but yeah it's it's there it, it's it's there inside of us and yes we don't all know every single little minute detail of nutritional sure. you know and you know some people do come in and want that like they want to know exactly how many carbs and how many grams of protein and this and that to have and
2: well that's why i love <laughs> i err I on the side of with literally at this point in my life, everything is simplicity because mm-hmm. I've seen people act like they know this is the way for all, which is insane. They may they, Even if we all had the same environmental components, our uh, gut biome was the same, our, geneti- our geni- yeah, genotype was similar enough, there's no formula that adds up to the same eating habit for every individual. That sounds crazy, it seems crazy, but there is clearly enough common ground as right. humans, is there not?
0: Absolutely. And
2: that's mm-hmm. all that, if we just focused on that piece, what is the common ground? And that must be what you how you inform.
0: Absolutely. So principle number four is um, half your plate should be vegetables.
2: Half, your plate. cool.
0: Love it. A fourth of your plate should be some form of lean protein. And the other fourth of your plate, can be like a whole grain if you're eating grain, which not everybody is. So if you are, then brown rice, quinoa, um, bulgur wheat, something whole.
2: How do you make a distinction between the vegetables and the grain? Because obviously that's, I don't think that's clear to everybody. Um, You made a great distinction there with talking about plants and making rice, a distinction between plants and rice. But is there a clear distinction in any nutritional context that you can outline?
0: between vegetables and grains. Grain. Yeah, rice, um, for example. Yeah. Right, right. Well, they're all carbs. So, you know, there's this word carbs that's become a very, very bad ah, word. Bad word. Bad, very bad. But vegetables are carbs. I mean. Um, Fruit, carbs. Fruits, fruits are carbs. Grains are carbs. Um, so so they all fall into that plant-based carb realm. Um, now, within, within a carb, not to get too technical, but, you know.
2: I, I say get technical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can get to a if point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well. you know, so there's, there's different breakdowns of sugars, starches, and fibers within a carbohydrate. So, like a potato has a lot of starch and a fair amount of sugar, not, much, not a whole lot of fiber piece of broccoli has a ton of fiber or no sugar, very little starch. So, you know, we've, we've somewhat demonized the starchy carbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I think there's a place for them, certainly. Um, I guess, you know, rice or grains would be carbs that are probably, they do have fiber, um, and probably a little more starch than like broccoli or lettuce or mm-hmm. something with some of the green vegetables, but they're all plant-based and they're all carbohydrates. Uh, I love quinoa because it's a carb, but it's also got complete protein in it. Yeah. Um, unlike any other grain. Um, like like if you're a vegetarian, in order to get a complete protein, you have to mix your your brown rice with your beans or something yeah. to, to get all those amino acids. But quinoa's got it all. Yeah. Um, that's, so I think that's a go-to. Uh, How about
1: sweet potato? I love sweet potatoes.
0: Yeah, they're great. My faves. They're great. Um, a lot of fiber a lot of starch but
1: good starch yeah. yeah
0: a lot of a lot of vitamins and minerals yeah
1: and mushrooms mm.
0: mushrooms have actually have a lot of protein Love so mushrooms. you can believe it i never knew that until i started mm. looking at
1: i they they taste like
0: meat
2: yeah those yeah. lion's mane fifth shout out to fifth street those lions mane are like it's like
0: eating steak yeah, steak, steak yeah. yeah it's so good it's a great substitute yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I want to find a way to make um, to just camouflage the the earthy flavor for children to eat mushrooms because yeah. they love fish butter and they like <laughs> butter. <laughs> butter. <laughs> no cheese though, because I'm done with cheddar on everything. But um, you're done. You're done. I don't want cheddar on everything for children. You know for how the they kids, put yeah. cheese on everything uh, so so kids uh, That's eat funny. it. Yeah. Yeah. Butter, huh? Okay. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can't go wrong with. Isn't that like a cooking adage? Just add more butter.
1: I was just hearing that <laughs> buffalo butter is really good for you, better than cow butter.
0: Oh, so I've had it before. Yeah, me too.
2: Sheep. I think I've even had donkey butter once. Whoa! But buffalo, Speaking I think of it's four-legged good. animals, uh-huh. um, humans.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> nah. So uh, horseback riding. Can we uh, diverge into horseback riding? Is that okay? Because we've been talking about diet and food for a number of minutes. Because I know you have horses in your life, and I am curious. Yeah. Can we? Can we talk a little bit about horses? Sure. Sure. Okay.
0: Whatever you guys want to talk about. Okay. (laughs) Well, and
2: your FI yesterday.
0: Sure. Oh, yeah. I definitely want to talk about that. Okay. So you (laughs) pick what you
1: want to share first. Well, so
0: I'll quickly share the horses. Um, uh, Yeah. I mean, I've I've been riding since I was a little kid. That was, well, yeah elementary school i guess um was major passion um and i'll just fast forward to when my daughter was about 7 you know we were trying all the things the softball and the gymnastics and the dance and the this and the that and both of my daughters tried everything um and my younger daughter got on a pony and was like this is it <laughs> <laughs> so from about the age of 7 or 8 on that was her passion and I had sort of taken a long break from riding because i didn't have any money and whatever and i didn't have a a steed <laughs> on which to ride um so then i just kind of like followed along with her sort of riding career and we, we owned a couple of horses and um and then when she went away to college and we didn't own a horse anymore i started taking lessons again so uh, i took lessons for a couple of years and uh, i've had a, a knee injury so i haven't been riding recently but uh it's so fun it's so it's i just love being around the animals um there's just something about them that's majestic and Mm -hmm. amazing and i don't know it's it's probably because it tags back to my youth Mm. that is so soul soul soul-filling but yeah it's great there's something
2: innate though too especially just being with something bigger than you Mm -hmm. that much bigger than
0: you yeah they're a lot bigger
2: it's all inspiring Definitely,
0: so powerful, so smart. They're, I mean, I mean, mm. they're they're like dogs, or some of them are smarter than others. They all have their own personalities, <laughs> but um, Humans, yeah. and they work hard for us too. You know, we ask yeah. them to do a lot. I mean, watch my daughter's a competitive rider. I've watched what what we've asked those horses to do. It's jumping over big jumps, and yeah. it's a lot. Um, and uh, you know, I'm very very have great gratitude for for all the animals and all the people who work with them and yeah uh, it's fun are either Uh, of your daughters interested is that why you're asking uh,
1: no I'm interested in myself in horses because Uh I you know I work with the nervous system which will be maybe a nice sequel into what's coming right and I know that horses because personal experience and because I've talked to horseback um, trainers riders and Uh, people that know them better than me they really pick up on your nervous system they pick up on your minute change in body awareness and how much you can perceive your body positioning they can they can react even it sounds like telepathy you know it's it's almost like they can they can sense the the little adjustment you make with your shoulder blades or your Mm breathing and it's fascinating to me because it feels to me that they are very um, able to listen to us humans right like you say dolphins or whales or some other animals that seem a little more able to communicate on a subtle level Um, I'm sure dogs do too and who knows other maybe wild animals that we don't have so much contact with but right. horses because they've been domesticated for so long we have this record of them being able to listen to us and I think we are not smart enough to train them in the best possible way you Yeah, know? yeah and we can get a lot more out of them if we would just cool the shit off and just you know just listen to them more because they are very smart yeah yeah so I'm interested in the the horse dynamic horseman dynamic and and how to how to improve that how
0: to work yeah how to work with them it's it's interesting i'm just thinking listening to you and processing some of my experiences with it and it's true that um depending on how well trained they are or not well trained they are i mean some horses are so highly trained um and i think they're highly trained because they're smart Mm -hmm. um that you can't really put a beginner on them Mm. because the beginner is going to flop around and you know, you just a subtle movement of the shoulder will make the horse go one way yeah. or the other, and you can't have a beginner on a on that kind of horse. So you know, you need your your lesson horses who are less who are a little more immune to that kind of movement that's not correct. Yeah, um, they're not gonna like throw the throw the rider off. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an interesting topic. Um, yeah. yeah, they're very very sensitive to to our movements. Um, so yeah. I know that they're used a lot for therapy, mm-hmm. therapy yeah. animals with great success. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there was a really influential documentary probably a decade or so ago about a kid who had what we, I guess, these days call severe autism. And his parents just completely randomly found that it essentially, the symptoms were completely gone or at least gone enough. When he was around horses. Mm. So it was probably like Horse Boy or something very straightforward like that.
0: Okay. That's ringing a bell. Yeah. yeah. And it,
2: I think what you're getting at is that the possibilities for humans connecting with animals in general is so un, unknown, right? Mm-hmm. We hear about all these great stories. We hear, I don't have any first-hand experience yeah. or we never witnessed a human connecting with a lion or a dolphin or right? something crazy that mm-hmm. we just think, holy crap, that's yeah how. But it's obviously possible. Yeah. yeah. But duh, it's obvious duh. Yeah, you gotta be smart. That guy was it's like a, yeah, we don't it's not worth going down probably. Right. Especially right. given time. Right. But you wanted to get into FI and have nervous the nervous system <laughs> yeah. which, you know, it there is why we add to Feldenkrais, I mean oversimplifying here is there's a there's an inherent uh, aggression, if you will, and predatorial side to nature. So but we also have to learn or it's important that we learn and that's fundamentally what it's one aspect of the Feldenkrais method um, learn how to allow right mm-hmm. and that's yeah what did you find yesterday <laughs> oh but, was your first functional in, first, It was my second, second one. functional yeah. integration yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, just as i did with the first one it just is so, um, like, I've never had a treatment where I felt like I was being asked how do I put this? To be aware of what was happening and to be a, a team member with what was happening in my body. Like, you go to chi- whatever, a chiropractor massage, good. whatever, and you get a treatment done to you which is great and wonderful and gratitude and all that. Um, this just feels more like a team. I don't know if it's because you're no. so amazing or no. if every Feldenkrais practitioner, but you, it, it really.
2: She's exceptional.
0: That's what I've heard. Come on, guys. <laughs> I you. have yes. heard that from other people. Uh, I'll agree. Uh, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, because I've never done Feldenkrais before. Yeah. so, um, But it's. I, I really need that right now at this point. Point of my life to, to, mm. to be a team with whoever I, I'm working with to help my own wellness. So you know, just like a light and day, night and day difference from other treatments, and uh, just in that respect. And then in terms so of the, so you're
2: saying there's a distinction there where you're not having something done to you. You're in, there's something that you're taking part in. There's a uh, learning that you're experiencing with someone. Correct. Is that fair? That's
0: yeah. right on spot on. Cool. Yeah.
2: That's a big difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You were gonna say more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I've learned like we talked about the first session. I I learned that I need to slow down and you know just a couple things like that that I I wouldn't have learned something like that in a, in another kind of treatment. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's really powerful.
1: Yeah, I think it's funny though to see because I was part of that, so I know that it was nonverbal. Lots of that learning happen in silence, right? Yeah. During the session, and uh, which is unusual, right? To have nonverbal education where you're kind of like with the horse, right? Where you're communicating without words mm-hmm. through through somatics, through movements, through attention, through awareness, through breath. So a lot of your participation, it's an invitation for you to do less than you do in regular life.
0: And whatever you're, whatever, however it is that you're, You know manipulating the body also is different and and very powerful i mean i felt i felt my left knee which has got some things going on just after that first treatment um felt so much better um you know and and you were i was walking you were observing me walk and um, talking about just some slight shifts in in how i was doing it has made such a big difference Mm. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah,
1: Thank you. Yeah. What was your experience of the pain, less pain, no pain, that I think is fun for people to, to listen to? What happened when you got up and you were walking?
0: Yeah, I felt it was, so my hip was kind of what we worked on yesterday. And um, yeah, I mean, it felt way more open. Um, huge decrease in the pain just walking around. Um, and then when I came in today, you were like, how is it? And I was like, I don't know i haven't really thought about it which is pretty much says everything right like i I always said i said i felt it a little when i was doing yoga my yoga this morning of course because i was in a deep warrior pose or whatever i was gonna feel it but um just doing my day and walking around i wasn't even thinking about it
1: that is brilliant because when we have pain sometimes pain takes over front and center of the attention so then it's so distracting it's the only thing you can think about and of course if you're looking for it you're gonna find it it's like what is that word waldo Uh, the books right you're looking for pain you're looking for waldo right Mm -hmm. you're you're gonna find
0: it we also going to move in your body until you find it right we call also call that confirmation bias sure yeah if you think something's gonna be there oh you'll find it yeah yeah
1: right but you weren't even thinking about the pain Mm -mm. i love that yeah so something didn't change in your neural structures in your brain in your nervous system your attention or you put your attention somewhere else i don't know i I don't know if it's fun to explain it but more to experience it it's amazing to see the breath come in that happened with both of you during (laughs) our sessions that when you got to a place of um Mm -hmm. allowing right your body either finds rest or i'm supporting it or you're letting some of that work diminish and then the breath comes in right
2: on its own on without. its own it's mm-hmm.
1: huge and it's deep and it's mm, deep, deep ah, natural normal yeah. yeah and my teacher one of my teachers my trainers used to say you know why did she take that breath right then like no why because she can <laughs> because right. now she can breathe right. <laughs> yeah. yeah amazing right? Right. so you think about what, what about the rest of the day
2: yeah I hear that well improving function and being focused on function is the foundation because what matters I mean movement matters i mean if you can't even move eventually whether it's at 50 or 80 it sucks i mean that's that's hell (laughs) yeah (laughs) if there's anything that's going to make or break your quality of life obviously you've got to be able to function yeah
1: and one thing that felon does really well both in the private setting and also in the group class is to allow rest to be part of the movement. So we don't value rest enough in our culture. We take it as lazy unproductive, so, wasting yeah. time. Even building rest within the movement in pacing yourself, adjusting the say the gait of your walking or how long do you want to bend over before you walk around or go get some water? Just change position, right? Yeah. So so once we learn that pacing of ourselves, that moderation in the go 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 go, I think it's I, I had a revelation in Costa Rica because we were going, going, going all day, every day for three days. So 22,000 steps a day, wow. plus paddle boarding, surfing, um, you know, water training, breathing. So it was a lot. And there was a lot of pacing built in. There was a lot of gentle pushing in relaxation and calm and looking for the calm state, even though you were swimming underwater, holding your breath. The, the built-in piece of calm down, relax, as you're doing activity was so so repeated so many times. So I loved to see that it's the same as Feldenkrais, it was just that stillness within the activity that allowed us to go forever, and then have a great meal and then sleep really well at the end of the night. I bet.
2: Yeah, we, we know this just from observing what Gabby and Laird are and uh, other people. there elite functioners they're elite performers they're but they're just human we know slowing down Mm -hmm. is the if not the one of the main kernels of being able to function elitely perform well it's we know
1: that yeah you heard that yourself remember after the first Uh, session the the voice came in
0: totally i mean it just was like oh my god i have to slow down
2: yeah i can Wherever you can learn that, however you can implement that, that's that's the point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we're doing that in the face of a culture that is driving us in the opposite direction. So yeah. I think this is like hmm. just get this message. Yeah. Whether we're talking about movement or nutrition or mindful, whatever, just to slow down and.
2: It does seem to be consistent focus. Yeah, the consistent piece. Yeah. Um. Yeah, especially because that cultural part doesn't... I wonder if it's going to change without a crash or if we can catalyze a change, but either way, it's, it's there. Yeah. And the more we engage in it ourselves, it is absolutely true that we are creating our own culture. Um, hopefully not a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right, right, right.
1: No, I think we're in a... I, I, I see a lot of positive coming out of this, knowing what we're dealing with. I, I'm, I'm an optimistic person by nature, but I also see that in every time, like think of the Renaissance, right? Every time there was a lot of darkness and shit going on, where people were like in in, in, in big holes of, of culture and and nothing seemed to um, sustain, be sustainable, then, then this life emerged right and and something broke through and something broke through and there were maybe a few people maybe it was not masses but maybe a few people that had something solid and then more people followed them and then it was come almost remembering what we're made of as humans right because we do have that within us it's just we forget so part of it is just being aware of what, what are we dealing with. Wake up. Let's wake up and let's keep moving because emotion is forward, no doubt. We're not going to go back, say, oh, no, I don't want the phone. I don't want technology. No, I don't want, no, no way. We're going to keep moving forward. Can we move forward with blindfolds? Yeah, eh, not so fun. Can we move forward in denial and rejection and anger and demonizing? No, doesn't help, right? So let's move forward with awareness acceptance and then learn moderation slow because slow is smooth and smooth is fast mm-hmm. like lard says right because we eventually want to be able to move fast we're not just saying we want to just be slow no phones no. grow your own food so only you can. no you can do anything that's the point right let's learn from all this to take what we need be aware of how much is enough and then do whatever we want with efficiency wouldn't that
0: be nice? Sounds great. (laughs) Finding that balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally.
2: Creating it. Yeah. Bobby, fun guy we just met this week. Um, I know you got to go by the way, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we got, we just met and he saw the XPT, uh, logo on my laptop, um, or something on my laptop. And we got into talking about tech neck and his world. And he just came for the XPT class and We share it immediately within minutes of talking how the ideal, as we understand it thus far, is to the both and approach, the we've got to find both pieces. There's gotta be a way for us to have clean streams and for us to be able to appreciate these bubbling brooks right there, like um, yards away from our beautiful homes and to have a drone 10 feet away from our heads if we need it (laughs) and to be able to have both. There's gotta be. And for the windmill to have some amazing uh, tech um, support system that we maybe can't even imagine this far or aren't aware of this far, mm-hmm. both. There's got to be that clean air, that clean water, that beautiful grassy knoll where we can stand barefoot, and we've got end the drone with that we can send a message right. on. Yeah. Got to have both. So that's uh, yeah, that sounds lovely. Somehow we've got to figure out how to have both.
1: Yeah. So in case it's not clear, and only because I do have to go get my two lovies from camp, um, you have office hours here at Coro Real Wellness. And I we would say that in the before intro. Before I go, I want to make sure people know where to find you, online and, and in person, here at Coro and in the world, so please yes. go ahead.
0: Yeah, so my, my website is awellfedlife.org. all one word, awellfedlife.org uh, I'm here at Coru on Tuesdays from 12:30 to 2:30 and 6:30 to 7:30, and Wednesdays from 11 to 3. Those are my current office hours. Um, I have other other hours at another place in Doylestown. Um, little office space so I'm I'm available I'm here you can call Koru to find me do you have uh, social media pages I have uh, yep my Instagram page is, is Kira Kraman it's K-I-R-A K-R-A-I-M-A-N and my Facebook page my business page is a well fed life uh, Great. Yeah, so you can check me out there I'm always posting something about health and wellness um, and I think that um, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything really. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important mm-hmm. to invest some time and money. And I know we, we're short on time and we feel we're short on money, but um, it's, it's where you want to put your money that counts. Yeah. And if you don't have your health, you don't have much. So that's my, my parting words is prioritize yourself and your, and your wellness in whatever way is, is nourishing for you
1: great right. you guys don't have to stop talking by the way just because you know, I we to go. yeah no I it's okay i do have to hang the what yeah. is it Handy yeah. gloves well you just but you, you gave thank you closing. so so much kira thank you kira
0: yeah yeah sure yeah. Yeah. thank you guys for having me very well yeah. said
1: yeah
0: it's been great
1: we hope you enjoyed our conversation with kira check the show notes to find out how you can receive a free 30 minute wellness consultation with her
2: and thank you for listening to our milestone 10th released episode. Woohoo! We have a lot in the bank, so to speak. Yeah, that's big. Mm-hmm. Again, as always, thank you for subscribing. Please leave any comments, reviews, any input. We welcome all of it. Sharing Movement Matters really helps us. And just stay tuned for, as always, more conversations on coexistence.